Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just a Thought with Sheree Nicole. I'm your host, Sheree Nicole, and I couldn't be more excited to be bringing you another really, really, really dope conversation. So excited about this one. I have the beautiful Lauren Lott. She is a Broadway TV and film actress and a social media influencer. If you are not tapped into her social media, you are missing out. She has landed roles on Greenleaf, The Game, Tales, Fatal Attraction, Powers, Cherish the Day, and also a supporting role in the movie Favorite Son, several web series, and her fan favorite role of Anna Hamilton on The Young and the Restless. She just got it all going on, basically, and she has a new series that's coming to CBC and BET Plus and highlights the creation of the Black Work Union. It's called The Porter. Without further ado, Lauren, how are you? First of all, you look amazing through my Zoom. She has on Zeta Blue, so I'm partial to her already. How's it going? It's going great. That was a really great introduction. Thank you. Well, shoot. Okay, yeah. yeah well, yeah. <laughs> well, hi, it's me. <laughs> well, you know what's fun about you is, I mean, when we talk about acting, you've you hit it from every single angle. Broadway is not, is no easy feat by any stretch. And then we talk about the TV side as well. You know, for you, and I love asking questions of those who have been on the stage, you know, what has your Broadway experience really brought to the table for you when it comes to the small screen? And vice versa, actually. I would say comfort. I would say that, um, you know, when you do Broadway, there's so many times when when I was about to walk on stage and I had that thought, that moment, like, I could run away. I'm, mm. I'm overwhelmed. I'm nervous. You know, maybe I should just, maybe I should just run. Like I could run, you know, but mm. then you, you really train yourself to push through nerves and sing through nerves, dance through nerves, keep it going. And you have to make the audience believe that this is the first time that you've done this every night. You know, you, it can't be old for them just because you've done it 400 times, you know? <laughs> so I would say just comfort and also being completely present in the moment. You know, just actually being able to um, to exit everything out and just and just play play a character. I think that theater, because in theater you have to submit. You're you're engulfed in the world, and once the once the the intro starts, you're there for the next two hours. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that that's helped me be um, just a more present a more present actress. So TV and film you know, is really is really a luxury. Really, okay. I think that's interesting. And you talk about being present and. One of the mantras I've been trying to live by this year in particular to calm myself down, because as a creative and crazy person, sometimes our brains don't shut off. But how does that intention on being present as a creative and as you're doing what you love on stage or on screen translate to your ability to be present in your life? Is there a connection there? I would say completely. I mean, there's so many times I have horrible anxiety, but I've realized a lot of people with bubbly personalities, we all have so much anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> I have horrible anxiety and I have 
then learning the art of um, transferring all that that I use to perform to just go out on stage and taking that same thing to fight through my own anxiety and struggles in my own life of just like, all right, I can just do it. I'm just going to walk out and the audience is going to be there, but I'm just going to go. I'm just, <laughs> yeah. You know, even in, in my own life, I have plenty of those moments where I'm always nervous. I am always nervous. I'm so, I, I am so antsy. <laughs> So. But it doesn't come across like that. Like you said, bubbly. That's that's my experience of you. Even now, it's it's fun. It makes me excited for like it no reason. Me, it, it it definitely makes me makes me excited. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I didn't know I was bubbly and like a goof until people told me I was. Like I thought I, I was just me, and then people let me know, and I was like, oh, oh, not, y'all y'all ain't all like this. Oh, all right. <laughs> well you translate that so well onto your social media and you know this age we're in and all these talks about nfts and the metaverse and tiktok it's, you know, it's crazy but you know for you i feel like you you use your platform so well and you still invite people to get to know you while still showcasing yourself as a creative as an artist as an actress so you know what has been your strategy if at all when it comes to putting your TikToks together, your Instagrams or Facebook? Well, um, my strategy has been to say what I know we are all thinking in a mm-hmm. comedic way. So that I think that that has helped me be more relatable to people is that I realize we are all thinking it. Like, yeah. I mean, I, unfortunately, but also cool, I, I was posted on the shade room for like the simplest TikTok, like all the talented TikToks that I do. And then the simplest TikTok ended up on the shade room where I was saying like, when you're finally comfortable enough, when, when you fart and you're finally comfortable enough not to lie about it, not to lie about it when he asks, like if that, if he farted, you know, and you're finally like, yeah. I farted, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. but. I realized so many girls were like, oh my gosh, I've had that moment too, where I'm like, you know, so many people are in relationships. So Mm -hmm. it's like relatable. And I post so many videos where it's like, I'm thinking it. So I know if I'm thinking it, yeah, you have to be thinking it too. And I realized the key is being super specific about the random things you're thinking about like that, Mm. like that, that video like really popped off because I think it was so specific. So in, in all of my content, I try to just be relatable and just say, and just say what I'm thinking. Also, I don't try to be anybody else than myself. Mm. Like I don't, like if you meet me in person, it's the same as my social media because I found that putting on is just, it's exhausting. Like who, and I'm naturally goofy. So I would, I spent a lot of time in my life trying to like, you know, suppress Mm -hmm. and trying to like not be as big or as like goofy as I am, not smile as much. Like, oh my gosh, I went to an HBCU, right? And I used to walk around smiling my first like two years. That's great. I looked psycho (laughs) and then like people brought it to my attention you know of course maybe not in the nicest way but I realized like I still want to be relatable to people so let me like try to not because I I mean I would just be thinking about stuff you know I'm I'm a very happy grateful person as well so I would just be walking around like I don't even know hearing a song like just just whatever (laughs) but just imagine some girls walking around like this I, for for me, I would be invited to to smile back, and I for mean, some people are, but that's that's a that's another like I like people like that, but because the world is not like that, I found a way to just be more digestible because it's not even that it makes me more not believable; it'll make people uncomfortable <laughs> that I'm just like this happy, you know. So yeah, but on social media, I can just fully be that. I can just fully mm-hmm. be my goofy self, and I was doing it for me, and people just took to it like I never expected people to take to my videos. I've been making videos since I was in high school. 
like putting oh, wow. out videos and just having a blast, you know? And then, I mean, now the world does it. Now people, now they have, you know, TikTok and all this stuff. But like, I was TikTok before there was TikTok. I was like, mm. I was living my, I was having so much fun with this stuff, you know? But yeah. I think it's great. And let, let's stay on happiness for a moment because, you know, I truly believe it's a choice. And, you Completely know, we live in a society. Yeah. And, and we're living in a society. It's been, the last few weeks have been tough. Just, you know, young people making decisions that, hey, like, I don't want to be here anymore. And so we have this other part, this mental health kind of, I would even say epidemic at this point that's happening with our Gen Zers and our millennials um, that is just not kind of bubbling to the surface because we have more high profile people um, really in trouble. But for you, you know, how have you been intentional about making happiness a choice and really making sure that, you know, your mental health, especially in the industry that you're in, stays intact? I would say the best way for me has been staying grounded in God and making it intentional to be grateful, mm. count what I do have and not what, you know, I don't have, and then change my perspective. Cause in this industry, there's a lot of rejection, not only in the industry, but now you go to social media mm. and you'll feel rejection from people. And then with algorithm, you feel rejection, you know, from, from that as well. You know, in my world, it's not the world where you do your best and you get the results, mm. you know, like, maybe, you know, other people, other jobs, you, you're taught, you work hard, you, you, you reap the benefits. And that's just not the, not the same in, in the industry. And I think it can really mess you up, you know, but I've just found that being, being grateful, being present and also being authentically myself and surrounding myself with people who accept me from my authentic self and will be honest with me and love me. Like, and talk to me how I receive. Because there's no point in having people around you who think they're supporting you, think they're loving you and doing all of this stuff. But if you don't, if you're not receiving it, you know, if they're not doing it in a way that you receive, there's no point. That's right. You know, and I don't want to keep doing charity in my own private mm -hmm. life to make other people comfortable. I want to, you know, Good. just have my, I don't, I don't want to have to do that in my, in my own, in my bubble. So in my bubble, I keep my bubble healthy. Everybody in my bubble is in therapy. Everybody in my bubble is praying, is working on themselves and just constantly inspiring me to love myself, to try harder, to, to be a better communicator, you know? Yeah. So that for me has helped keeping a, keeping a good tribe. Yeah, absolutely. Me. I love that charity piece. I never thought about it that way, but it's interesting how a lot of us do that, especially when we don't have healthy boundaries. So oh, man, I, and I'm, and I honestly can say I am not good with boundaries at all. I'm just learning. <laughs> I, I am not good with boundaries at all. And, you know, I grew up, but you know, I find that with a lot of girls who grew up really religious. I found that like a lot of us kind of like struggle we're, a little we're bit. Very the Jesus. Oh my servants, gosh. Like the other cheek, the other cheek oh, approach. Oh, oh yeah. Gosh, yes. Oh yeah. I think there was a healthy balance in there that a lot of us missed. Yeah. You know, of like, you don't have to be so docile to, mm -hmm. to abuse in life. You know, you can still set boundaries and it doesn't make you like a bad person. It doesn't mean that you're being, you know, not being a good woman because, yeah. you know what I mean? Absolutely. So I'm still learning how to set boundaries and how to become comfortable because I think I've spent my life doing charity. I'm not comfortable, but you are. That's enough for me. And mm -hmm. lately um, at this age, I'm like, no more. Yeah, same. It, it's like it's like a light bulb. It's weird. I'm, I'm 35. It goes off where you're sitting in that moment. Sometimes I can remember specific moments where I sat and I'm like, I'm not doing this to myself again. Mm -hmm. this, this is the last time. Mm -hmm. 
and then you make the decision and then you and then you have enough courage and and faith even in god and what he has for you moving forward where you stay and commit to the decision because i think some that's like the harder part it's it's almost easier to say no i'm not doing this or never again versus saying that and then acting in that and walking in that despite what people say despite opinions despite if you look like the villain or not i feel like that's the hard part admitting it so even if you can't walk away yet if you can't act on it yet at least if you can admit like this ain't it yeah. You can start to start the elevation process to, to better yourself yeah. and not keep being in miserable situations mm. for no reason. And you're the only person being hurt in the situation. Everybody else is fine because you made sure they were fine. Like, you're trying to preach. <laughs> you preaching. I'm trying to be better. <laughs> Lauren is over here preaching. I don't <laughs> I don't have a collection plate, but I might have to try to grab one before the end of this interview. And, you know, it really excites me. I am just so elated about the the content platforms that we have available now um, to tell our stories. And you are in a new series that I'm very excited about. Again, it's coming to CBC and BT Plus. It's called mm-hmm. The Porter. It's highlighting the creation of the Black Workers Union. You know, for you firstly, Lauren, what attracted you to this uh, this particular this particular body of work? Well, what really attracted me was that they were looking for a dark skinned beauty who could Mm. sing and dance and act. Mm. And what an honor I thought if I could convince them that that was me, (laughs) you Mm. know? So when I, when I first um, got the call about it, I was like, amazing, amazing. If I can convince them that that's me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that alone, the fact that they were going to be painting colorism throughout um, throughout this woman's story, and the fact that they wanted her to sing, the fact like it just it was just so like I, I've I've written down so many times a dream role, and like I've prayed so many times like God, can I get a can I get roles like on TV where I can sing and dance and act like I do on Broadway? Mm-hmm. Like, can I take that how I'm being fed in front of this audience? Can I take that to the screen? You know, like. I've prayed, I've written it down. So when I saw this role, it was everything that I had prayed for. Mm, Wow. Wow. That's amazing. And and you mentioned colorism and even for you, you know, we talk about just the the aptitude you have to sing, to dance, you know, obviously that's a parallel with your character, but even in encountering some of these other things like colorism, like you mentioned, you know, are there parallels even between that in your character and that that you've experienced in your own personal life? Oh man, my... I don't, I can't imagine any dark skinned girl living life without experiencing colorism mm. as like a forefront. Like, I think it's, I think it's, it, it's parallel to like saying in the sixties, asking a black person, did you experience racism? Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. As a dark skinned woman in any era, did you experience colorism? Obviously. Yeah. Cause I think as we progress as black people, that's still a conversation that I think gets swept under the rug mm. in our progression you know, I think lately now I'm hearing more about it, you know, I'm seeing it a little more, people are being more upfront about it, but I have experienced so much as a dark-skinned woman that just seems normal, like it doesn't even mm. like, it's just like, it's just like what I know is, is coming, you know, especially with like, with dating, with like, with, <laughs> with anything, with, with, with roles, wow. you know, like, and I've been told some things straight to my face, like, I mean, that it was, uh, I was always told that it, like, it was a risk to cast me as like the pretty girl because maybe not everybody would think I was pretty. Mm. This was years ago. Wait, somebody told you that exact thing to your face? Yes. Yeah, oh, look, I, I, feel, I feel that also, I don't think other people 
get told to their face the things that dark-skinned girls even get told to our face like Mm -hmm. even even with men like somebody was like yo I I remember um this happened when I was uh visiting a dorm at Morehouse and I was in the lobby and this guy was like yo isn't she really pretty and he was like yeah she cute but I mean I never date her I mean you can follow me on Twitter though I don't mess with dark-skinned girls and like just to be boldness and comfort to to say that to my face you know and there were so many times when people would just say things to my face, a lighting man, like, oh my gosh, I'm surprised my first day on set, you know, I'm surprised you got the role because it's easier. It's usually easier to light, light skin black people. So, you know, I'm surprised that you got this, you know, like to my face, like, just like, how will I feel? Nobody cares. No, that's not the, that's not the thoughts. The thought is, I, I just want to say this, this is just what I'm thinking in this moment. And it's almost like my, my, how I'm going to feel after that, how I'm going to recover after that is never in question you know, all my, all my life, you know? So yes, I have definitely experienced uh, colorism. I think that my character definitely experiences it worse because she's, it's the, the era and I can still pre- prevail in, in different ways than she could at the time. But yes, even now, a hundred years later, I definitely still um, receive a, a lot of, a lot of things about colorism. But I will say in these past, maybe two years, I feel like there is a shift of appreciation mm-hmm. for dark-skinned women and, and men in particular, where I have, I used to be asked like, um, uh, oh, if someone thought I was pretty, they would always ask, well, what are you mixed with? Because it can't be just black. You don't look like most black girls. So it, there must be something else. Like, what are you mixed with? Whereas now people will just say, are you from Africa? <laughs> oh my gosh, are you, are you African? <laughs> or that was the insult. Like, uh, you look African, you know, like now it's like the, that's like the exact opposite. Like people are complimenting me by asking me if I'm, if I'm African. Cause now the people are, are not as ignorant to what African looks like, you know? So within these past few years, even running into men who are like, when I first got to Atlanta, I was like, what's happening? I remember this guy was like, um, he was cute, but he was, I, I wasn't really giving the, t- giving him the time of day. Mm-hmm. He was like, Oh man. He's like, do you not want to give me a chance because, because I'm light skinned and I'd never heard that in my life. Wow. Like light skin were the most elite in my whole life. And he was like, cause I really got a thing for dark skin girls. I had never heard that in my life. Atlanta. If you feel low about yourself, you don't think you like your color, go to Atlanta. Cause in Atlanta, I had never, I came from California. I went to Atlanta. I was a hot commodity. I didn't know what to do with myself. I had never in my life received <laughs> like that. Like I was like, <laughs> You talking to me? I had never. I had. I had never. I was so. I was so shocked. Wow. Now you know, like running into men who specifically, they're like, "Oh, what I love about you. I love your dark skin," and it's like, "Oh, wow." Because I was always the exception. Like, no, I don't usually, but you're really cute. So you know, I just felt like you know, I had to take the chance. And it's like, (laughs) (laughs) um, thank you so much. I really appreciate you saying that. Please bury me this way. <laughs> and I, I want to I want to sit with this for just another moment before we talk a little bit more about the porter because I, I I do want to ask you, Lauren, what over the course of your life as you've encountered colorism, you know, and even now as people are starting to everybody's starting to catch up um, and understand the beauty that is black women because that's just what it's been since the beginning of time. But I digress. But for you, I mean, did you were you intentional? about becoming desensitized to these type of comments or calloused to them or did they 100%. the same every time 
So for me, it did not hit. I, I kept it in a memory bank of ignorance, mm-hmm. um, but it never hit for me because I grew up, praise the Lord, with my mother and grandmother who painted my whole world as not hood, not, not ghetto, but black. So mm-hmm. for me, black people were the most elite in my life. Black people talked, um, all the black people talked proper, all the black people had the biggest houses, all the black people were engineers and doctors. And that was my world of black. You know, everybody, all the black people that I knew in my life had doctorates, even if they weren't like, you know, just medical doctors, they all had doctorates in education and like whatever. And they were all like, just put together. They were all like, they were all in uh, fraternities and sororities. They all went to HBCUs. So my world of black and, and all the arts, I never grew up with like white dolls. Like um, all the arts in my house was black. Santa was black. Jesus was black. So I was so represented. And then I got teased at school one time for having dark gums. So my, my mother took me home and opened a magazine and showed me, you know, women and things that they were doing to enhance themselves to have features that I naturally had, mm. to have cheekbones that I naturally had, to have um, fuller lips that I naturally had, you know, like she had, a, I mean, there was, there was a whole list of things that like, she was like, you see this? And then they, they tan. You don't have to do that. You know what I'm saying? This, this is, this is your luxury. You are this already. You don't have to, you know, whatever. And then she was like, and over here, some people, this is considered beauty. So don't ever get absorbed in what they consider beauty. Cause over here, they love dark gums, mm. you know, over here they like, so my whole, my whole world was so represented that I always knew that all these people who didn't know my world were ignorant because this, this world existed and you just don't know it yet, but you might someday, but even if you don't, and I don't want anybody who doesn't know that world, mm-hmm. who doesn't, who's just ignorant to the, to the fact of black excellence and like how, how great my skin actually is. And like, I'm never going to spend my life apologizing for being dark skin yeah. when, when it's actually like really, really bomb. And there's a whole continent of us. and like that. Like, so I was at a very young age. Like when I say, I mean, like before elementary school, this wow. conditioning and brainwashing in my house and like a black music literature, everything was being taught. So I never hearing like, oh, you're too dark. It's like my, my, it's like my family built me for that to hear that and be okay. And I'm going to do the same for my kid. You know, like (laughs) when people say these things, they are just ignorant. I never. And so if you said those things to me, nothing else you said could matter because you're ignorant. You're nothing. You have no validation in my life. I've given you no power here to actually hurt my feelings. Wow. Girl. Shout out to your family. Shout out to oh man, grateful every every day. It's nothing. And like I mean, it sucks. my mother went through a lot of trauma to end up being able to teach me like that, which yeah. does suck. But everything that she wanted to be, I completely turned out to be. She tells me all the time, so I'm very grateful for that as well. That's amazing, and I'm grateful too because moving back to the Porter, we are going to get to see you on this amazing series. And just a little bit more backstory for those who are still like, okay, I kind of get it, but what's it about? Guys, it's a, it's a story of empowerment and idealism. It highlights the moment when railway workers from both Canada and the U.S., they join together to give birth to the world's first Black union. That alone makes me excited. So when we think about content creation now, how to fuse that with the past. What does, how does this series do that beautifully in your opinion? So what I love about this series is that we don't just share a story of like, if this is not a trauma story, you know, cause I know black people in America, we're kind of tired of that. We're tired of it. it. We're, we've gotten it now. And, but 
it's still too close where it's like, we don't want to keep hurting anymore, especially after George Floyd. I feel like that really wore a lot of us out where it's like, we don't want to just keep watching trauma anymore. What I love about this is that they don't just show this is segregation. Like black people had lives aside from white people and what they did to us. We had a whole world. And what this does is it paints the whole world. Where did they go to the club? Where'd they meet a showgirl named Lucy who can sing and dance and her drama in her life? And, you know, like, what is our, what are our real stories? And I love that it tells it in such a fun way. Like we have actual big Broadway production of dance numbers. And like, we have like real life gangsters. If you're into that, like old school, like gangsters, they were black gangsters. And like, we have a a black woman who's like our mafia queen and like, you know, like oh, it, there's wow. so there and, and so much, so many strategic things happening that black people were really doing back then, you know, that like, yes, we were affected by the white world. Like, yes, but our story does not start with slavery and our story doesn't, doesn't just start with segregation, you know, and that's not our only story. We had lives that weren't just miserable and weren't just like struggle. And I think that this really paints, yes, there was trauma, but we also had our had whole stories where we were resilient and we were killing it and we were striving and we were in love and we were dancing and singing and we were doing things. We had relationships, you know? So that's what I really love about the Porter. I think, I think we need more stories that paint black history, but paint it in a, in a, it's not, and not just the trauma, not just sadness every day. It's not just heavy to watch, but it's like engulfed in whole stories. I love it. And biggest takeaway that you, I mean, so much here, and I know everybody's going to look at this and have their own level of interpretation, so to speak. But, you know, for you, if there was one thing that you really wanted people to grasp when they watch the Porter, what would that be? What I really want people to grasp is for one, the Porter's I've, I've been watching movies lately and, and just looking around and I've seen them in movies and I've seen them like all around and they are the hidden gems of American history that like no one talks about, no one knows about. I had never heard of them, but they were everywhere. I see them in, in the back of movies and like in, in so many things, there's been porters around my whole life and I never cared to ask about them, to know who they, to know who they were. And I just think it's amazing that they're finally getting a story and that they're getting it told in such a fun, wild ride of a way. And I want people to take out that like, there are so many stories that have to do with more than just the ones we've been taught of Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King. But like, we have stories, we have, we've done some incredible things. And I hope that this inspires people to even create more stories. Tell us about the man who created the traffic light, Yeah, you know, like, like, but actually make a movie about it. You know, like, how did that, how did that go? Like, despite, like, yes, there might've been some, some, some struggle in that, but like, tell us that story. How did it go? You know? And like, even the stories of the porters, like, so you started a union, how'd that go? What was, what was that? You know, like there's so many black stories that um, I think will help people learn more about the black experience. That's not just the hood. That's not just, you know, this and that, you know, because um, representation anywhere helps black people everywhere Absolutely. <laughs> it helps you not start to say like oh you don't talk black well now I've seen that black is a million different things that if that I've, I that's not just specific to this you know yeah so that's what I hope people take and I also people I hope people take also 
genuine entertainment. I know I was genuinely, I was genuinely entertained, especially with all the dancing and singing numbers, because I love that. But also just the ride of the story, like it's a wild ride. And I had a blast. And like, even as we were doing press the other day, hearing people's reaction, you know, hearing the, because the, the press over in Canada already had to had to screen it and watch it and hearing their reaction and just like, I've never seen anything like this on our television. You know, I've never, we've never had a, had, had this opportunity. You know, I was, I was crying when it wasn't sad, but it was just so much excellence that I was like, that's what I want. I just want people to eat this up. And then when it, when this show finally makes it to America, once we get our American air date and it's, and it's all over here, I just hope people just love it and just are inspired. And, and I hope that, I hope that what they really take away is an addiction to Come on now. Come on now. Wait for every they want to bend. They're obsessed. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, Lauren, this has been such a great conversation. And I, I do want to thank you for your transparency and, and sharing your story and really excited about the Porter. But I cannot let you go without just asking you, how can people stay connected with you? I've been bragging about your social media. I want to make sure everybody can hit that follow well, you button. Gotta follow the socials. So I'm at Lauren Sharice on everything. She's going to edit it in right here. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm at Lauren Cherise on everything. That's L-O-R-E-N-S-H-A-R-I-C-E, Lauren Cherise. And you can find me on TikTok. Um, I'm not the best with Twitter. It's okay. Gonna- no, everybody, I, most of the people, I would say 90% of the people I interview tell me the same thing. They're like, I'm not really a Twitter or a Facebook. I'm not really a Twitter person. Uh, my, my Facebook isn't really, but you can find me on Instagram though. I'm oh man, Instagram. okay. So I'm getting much better at posting on Facebook. So mm-hmm. I mean- I, I, I have a social media team and they're like, Facebook is the way. It's like, Facebook is really elevating right now. So like, get on Facebook. So I've, I'm on Facebook, you know, I have, a, I have a page on there for sure that you can go and check out everything I'm doing. And then Instagram, which I think I would follow me on Instagram because I post stories and I'm a hot mess. But you know, it's a great time. It's a great, I, I share my life, you know, TikTok too though. But yeah, all the Lauren Therese and I recommend you follow me. I'm very responsive too. Especially right now, while I while I can be, I have about two hundred thousand plus followers on Instagram now, which has not overwhelmed me enough where I can't still respond to people. So I would say get in now, where we could still form a relationship and have fun, because I will make it. I will be a crazy star. She's trying to tell y'all now. I'm gonna tell you now. She's get trying in, to tell you. Get in and be the first person to do it, and not the last person to find out. Okay, you know what I'm saying. So come on and be my friend. But I really do respond to like every comment. <laughs> I do my best. So even the first hour that I post, I respond to like every comment. So guys do yourself a favor. First of all, you need to follow Lauren on every social media platform. She just listed. Okay. That's number one. Number two, you need to check her out in the Porter and um, she's got so many other things going on. So just keep in, keep in step with all the amazing things that are going on. Lauren, thank you so much. I'm, I'm following you now. I'm already in cause I already know what's going to happen great great things in store so grateful for the time and i just continue to wish you all the best as you move forward thank you so much this was like this was great this is i had fun with you you were great thank Yay! you i cannot thank lauren enough for the time such a rich great conversation and i'm so excited about all the amazing things that she has in store for her career because it's going to be some really really cool things And um, just listening to her story and having a conversation with her, especially about colorism, I have just a thought. So as she's talking, I'm thinking in my mind, how good have I been at affirming things that other people view as weakness? 
And when Lauren started to talk about how her mother affirmed her blackness and her beauty, despite what other people outside of their home would have to say about it, it really shaped how she's been able to maneuver and succeed in the entertainment industry. And so it was just on my mind, like how have I been active about making sure that I affirm myself? Have there been people in my life to ensure that despite what the odds may look like or despite what culture outside of my home may say, that I'm still capable, that things are still possible, that I'm still beautiful. And I I can think about that and I can say, you know what, on the familial and friend side, yes, I have a great village. They do that quite often, even now. But I don't necessarily think I did that enough for myself growing up. And so that's the challenge I'm kind of posing to myself and anybody listening to me. There may be something that all your life you viewed as a weakness, you viewed as an anchor, something that was holding you back, you viewed as a, a deficit of some sort, you viewed as something that would disqualify you from the purpose that you thought you had or the passion that you had or the goals that you had. So I'm challenging myself and all of us. Let's affirm perceived weaknesses. Let's be very, very insistent about making sure that we speak life to places that other people deem dead. Because oftentimes people do that because either they have no level of real insight and intellect and knowledge about it, or they're jealous. (laughs) So let's really do that. Let's work really hard to affirm ourselves. Just a thought. Thanks so much for listening. This is Just a Thought, hosted and produced by yours truly, Sheree Nicole. Just a Thought is now available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Radio.com. And make sure you subscribe, share, download, and rate this podcast if you love what you've heard. You can follow the Just a Thought podcast on Instagram at Just a Thought Show and on Twitter at Just a Thought Win. That's W-I-N. You can also follow me, Sheree Nicole, on Instagram and Twitter on the same handle, Sheree underscore Nicole, S-H-A-R-I underscore N-Y-C-O-L-E. Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.